Um, my name is Jolene. And I'm Emma. Two costume designers who shared love of horror and fashion history have brought us together to deep dive the horror genre, going behind the scenes to uncover, understand, and analyze iconic horror characters and their costumes that are simply to die for. Today on To Die For, we are joined by a very special guest, a costume designer of AMC's The Walking Dead and Gigi Saul Guerrero's comedy horror Bingo Hell, amongst many other TV shows, films, and commercials. And we are so excited to hear more about her creative process and approach to costuming the horror genre. It's Yulin Hufke. Welcome to the podcast, Yulin. We are beyond excited to be chatting with you today. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. So tell us a little bit more about what led you to becoming a costume designer? Did you always know that that was the path that you wanted to take or was it kind of one of those like zigzag paths? A bit of a zigzag. My mom has drawings that I did of costumes and ball gowns and dresses from when I was three years old. So I think I've always thought about being involved in fashion or clothing, but I had no idea there was a position called costume designer. I didn't know it existed, but I was a model growing up and I wondered how these people got into their jobs who were dressing me. And I asked them if I could work with them because I didn't want to model forever. Um, I knew I'd have to find a real job. Um, I liked to eat and (laughs) (laughs) for me after a while. Um, And I shadowed, which is what we call it in South Africa when you work for free. And I loved it. And I did everything with such bliss. You know, the first thing I did was having to organize hangers into packs of 10. The costume designer I was working with really, really thought that was important. So I did that for a day. Then I carried racks. I made tea. But everything I did, I I loved just being a part of the process. I love making tea for the designers because I felt like they were happier. And I could help them be creative and... Just every, I just loved everything about being involved in it. It fit, it was like a natural fit. Um, So no, I did not know that I wanted to do this since I was little. I didn't know that people would pay me to do what came so naturally and something that I would fall so in love with. I love that. That's amazing. (laughs) I love to hear about people's journeys too, because everybody gets to where they are from such different places and it it mm-hmm. does kind of come out of left field a lot of the time. So that's, yeah. so do you have a, a specific interest in horror or genre films or do you just, whatever, do you have a favorite? Um, I watch everything. I really do. Mm-hmm. And I draw inspiration from every way. I think what makes me really good in the horror genre is I am scared. <laughs> of. <laughs> so I know what is scary. Right. Because mm-hmm. I get scared. I, I think that horror though is, beautiful some of the ghost stories are just incredibly beautiful and Mm -hmm. and and you know shrouded in mystery and and there's realness to it and I just I do love it I do love the genre um yeah and I keep getting drawn back in to it I think once I started making my own blood it became (laughs) it's just fun it's like a big craft project (laughs) I love it yeah and I've become less scared I think Mm-hmm. You know, on The Walking Dead, um, it was pretty scary, though. There were bodies lying everywhere. Greg <laughs> oh, had my goodness. mannequins lying everywhere. And my aging room was on the other side of the bodies. So I had to oh, walk, no! walk through them at night to get to my aging room. So, yeah, I'm still a little scared. <laughs> right because you're like wait are these gonna come alive i know these aren't real but it moved that right. guy just looked at me <laughs> that's so cool though to yeah. be able to 
work on something where it's like that visceral, like that massive of a set. And it's also supposed to be relatively realistic. And so they make it very scary for you just to walk back to base camp. (laughs) Yeah. And the eating across from them too, that was weird. Appetizing. And then, like, <laughs> a guy with like a hatchet stuck in his head. You're just like, hey, yeah, right. I'll be over here eating, you know, my vegetables, yeah. whatever. Enjoying the salad. <laughs> yeah, no, the point of that show was to make it as realistic as possible, mm-hmm. so that we could make the audience believe that they really were there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So when building those characters from that show, like where were because it's supposed to be real life. Where do you draw that inspiration from to create these? characters well, um when i join inspiration i really do a deep dive into characters into the character study when i had a conversation for example with the with sarah wayne Callies, who plays laurie in the walking dead we sat down and i asked her questions like do you think laurie is vegetarian you know does she have a bicycle <laughs> she believe in green <laughs> energy like does she wear sustainable clothing although we ask every single question and right. so that i can make the best choices for her so, yeah, I do pretty much do the same character study that the actor has to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what we talk about a lot on the podcast, too, of, like, as a designer, as a costume designer, clothing informs the the other people so much about who this person is. So having all of those details it is, like, is creating a person. You're creating a living, breathing person. And, and all of those, like, if they're a vegetarian, if they're, you know, they have a bicycle, if they believe in clean energy, all of those contribute to the fabrics and the the way people wear their clothing, which is so amazing. Mm-hmm. And it helps the actor to feel like they are the character rather than themselves playing a character. They actually feel like they are someone else when they step into the clothing. Right. Mm-hmm. When you take the time to really focus on those details. Some of the details that I come up with aren't even for camera. I'll sometimes design pendants or necklaces or things or the inside of a jacket. When I did the Mayans, for example, which is, um, it's the spinoff of um, Sons of Anarchy. Sorry, my brain. <laughs> when I did the Mayans, uh, I did patchwork and stuff on the inside of their jackets and designs for the inside of the, the cuts and leather things that they wore to help them feel empowered when they put them on and remember who their characters are. You know? That's so cool. And I mean, That is such a good point that the collaboration between costume designer and actor, it's, you know, everyone takes a different approach, but it's so important and it can really, you're, you're, it's mutually beneficial in the sense that when you speak with the actor, you understand where their head's at and where they feel that their character is going and you can design for them better. And because you can then design for them, you can help them propel their character and tell a better story. So beyond just how the audience feels, you know, a character is based on what they're wearing, it helps the actor bring that to light and kind of pull it out of them. Um, Do you feel that you have like oftentimes long conversations with the actors and how often do you feel that, you know, when you're doing like a fitting, like when you're taking into account where you see a character going versus where the actor sees the character going, um, how do you balance that, um, those kind of energies to kind of create what kind of comes to light? Isn't that the biggest part of our process being the mediator? Mm-hmm. Because we yeah. get so much information from so many people. And ultimately, the act is the person who has to wear it on camera. And feel totally. So I do take their feelings 
very seriously, but I do have to coax them sometimes. I'm working on a show right now where I convinced the actress just, I said, you know what, just please just try this on and see if it's awful. We pretend it never happened. Mm -hmm. It was so beautiful. She couldn't believe it. She was like, I've never worn any the shape before. A lot of actresses and actors as well will bring to the conversation or to the fitting what fits them well. I know right. this doesn't work on me. I know that does, which I appreciate, but sometimes it's for your character. And so you should totally. wear it like this or like that or a little differently. Otherwise, you're going to look the same on every single set as every different character if you continue with the same set of rules for yourself sort of have to abandon those when and, and focus on what the character may or may not do. You know, you might wear skinny jeans, but your your character might be more grunge and wants to wear wide jeans, you know? So yeah, perhaps mm -hmm. that fits you really well, but maybe maybe it's not now. Right. <laughs> you. Maybe it fits you well. <laughs> right. But perhaps not this guy, you know, that you're playing right now. So it's always a balance. You know, mm -hmm. and, having, and being able to just be respectful of everyone's opinion. But ultimately, yeah. the story's the guide. Right. The story is in charge, telling mm -hmm. the story. And so we have to always lean on what helps tell the story best. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes that means not even doing such a cool costume, right? And it hurts, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I come up with these amazing concepts, and I'm so excited. And then, you know... Oh my gosh, I wish I could talk about this movie that I just finished, which where that happened. It was sort of doing a ritual and I came up with these concepts which were watered down, but they still told the story. And right. that's that's what's important. So it's kind of a blow to my creative ego, but you know, <laughs> yeah. persevere. We hold on to those headdresses for the next one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, that is one of the hardest parts is... As a creative, you do have to, when you're working on um, a film or a show, put yourself in someone else's creative box, so to speak. And so right. you have to, um, you know, and you do want to bring out your own flair, but also that you're using, you're utilizing your creativity to tell a story the way that a director wants it to be told, the way the actors are feeling. Like, and it can be so different. You can go from something super camp and super stylized to something super realistic and I feel like that is a little bit what you see with your work as far as like the walking dead and then bingo hell which is pure fun ridiculousness <laughs> and the walking dead it's like it is still fun but it's also very terrifying and you have to walk to walk through bodies to get to lunch <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah very different very different worlds bingo was so much fun but if you know my work, then you can see the similarities in the aging, which yeah. is my favorite part of design. Mm -hmm. And that was very important for Bingo. You know, that world is stuck in time. And that's really what I was trying to portray there, that these people, the, the town is stuck in time, but also their styles are. They're still wearing the same cool stuff they wore in the 70s, you know, like Lupita. Mm -hmm. is, and I took a different era for each character. Yeah, to keep it timeless yeah and I so Gigi is the best I adore her we worked together on The Purge and for the episode that she directed um she just encouraged me to be so fun and pushed me because a lot of times when you do tv especially your work gets watered down otherwise mm -hmm. people become uncomfortable 
or they got drawn away from the story, especially in things like The Purge. You know, I had all these grand ideas, but eventually it was a lot of guys running around in hoodies with a mask on, you know. Right. Um, I had costumes to match the masks, but... (laughs) (laughs) But when Gigi came in to direct her episode, she was like, no, 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 I want more i want all of it bring bring it on everything you bring it all you know and mm-hmm. came up with these huge concepts i created some things i was very proud of so when i heard that she was directing this film i was ecstatic and we speak so well together we just speak communicate really well and from the go it was just an incredible collaboration lupita the main character in bingo is actually inspired by her grandmother her abuela so that was important to me to get it just right and by mine as well my grandmother was a really strong woman Mm -hmm. um so it was and she had just passed just before that show so i did bring in a lot of her energy with me to the to the film and um yeah pretty tough the the jacket at the end which was the camo one Gigi mm-hmm. fought really hard for that because you know other people thought perhaps something less camo-y mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um but Gigi was like no 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 the camo and so I softened it with some braid and trim and things to make it more you know little little ladylike but um, mm-hmm. it's just just so much fun love designing Lupita and all of her tops were handmade I wonder oh, wow. all the embroidery was handmade. And of course she had stunned people and everything. So it was at least eight of them that we did in two days. Like, wow. Oh like, my goodness. Um, I just wanted it all to look very authentic, very Mexican, very like the jacket. I imagine she had it when she was younger, when they got into the first fight and they, they fought for their town. Mm-hmm. Sure. I imagine it's the same exact jacket. So there were holes in it and it was very fun. It was that was one of the things that struck me the first time I watched it before I knew like you had designed it or anything it was just texturally like I'm a big texture person we talk about this a lot on the podcast and it everything felt so visceral and I was so blown away by just 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 the color and the texture on screen it was like a like an like an inhale but like catching your breath like oh oh wow like the like she gets it and I, and I was immediately like googling I was like who did this film <laughs> oh that's so thank you you're that's welcome incredible. and and you could tell that that language is there between you and Gigi as a director designer pair because those relationships are super important as well of like mm-hmm. conveying the story and making sure that not only the actors are comfortable but like I I've things that I've learned on set too is like you have to talk to the director well, obviously that, that's your first point of contact, but like, you know, because they're visualizing it in a different way than the clothing designer is visualizing it and making sure that it comes up on camera so that like cinematographers can pick up the texture and the colors so that nobody's work is ever lost in the process. And I yeah. think that's what you and Gigi did so well on that film. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And everybody was so different. I love when you have an ensemble cast like that, everybody's so strong. Yes. That each of their voices are heard clearly. And by voice, I mean costume. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, there's one episode of The Walking Dead when we come back from a, we came back from a long break and the opening scene, the teaser, nobody speaks, but it is very clear to watch and see what has happened to them, what they've been through, through the costumes. I broke shirts apart and sewed them back together um, a lot of times in that show. But for that particular teaser, I didn't sew anything back together. 
to communicate the fact that they'd been on the road, they were eating dog food, you know, and the mm-hmm. same with, with Bingo, how I, they're, they're so cozy, the little group, they're a cozy mm-hmm. little group, warm, yeah. but when not, until they speak, and then they're a little bit different. Than <laughs> and I think that unexpectedness is what makes it funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what a fun show. Mr. Big, mm. I must have oh done, my goodness. I think I did about 50 boards wow. just for him. Oh my goodness, really? Just trying right? to get it right. Trying to get it just right because mm-hmm. he could have been anything. Right. You know? Totally. And, and and then again, just like we talked about. So I had all these grand ideas, massive hats, which I kept two of them for myself. because <laughs> You never know when you'll need it. Sugar. What are they called? Those giant hats. Like the I, big top hats? Yes. I kept yeah. them Oh, like the stovepipe hats? Yes. I love them. <laughs> Um, I had those for him. I had all kinds of crazy stuff. I had ties. I had cravats, bow ties, all sorts of things. Um, it looked beautiful in the boards. And then I met the character, the actor. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you don't need a tie. Why? You, <laughs> you need this entire area of your, you know, sort of collarbone up to be, to frame your face and mm-hmm. your mouth. Like, yeah. you don't need a hat. You don't right. need really. Is, is what I thought when I saw his face. I was like, you really don't need anything. He's so, already bringing that creepiness. Right. He is, yeah. Here. I just needed to be able to create a silhouette that was great mm-hmm. for him. And in, initially when I read the script, I thought he was going to be my biggest moment. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. He was, I mean, he is a big moment, but I think, think the bigger moments for costume were found in these, these kooky little ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for him, my inspiration was Nick Cave. I was like, you know what? Nick oh Cave goodness. and the Bad Seeds, like that was my inspo for him because he didn't need much from me. Mm-hmm. Just to enhance. Just yes. throw a little. Right. But yeah, and that's part of design, isn't it? To be able to put your ego aside and go, you know what? This is a better story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I think those are the designers who really thrive or the ones that can like – obviously infuse their own vision into it because I mean, it's, it, at the end of the day, it is your design, but that can put their ego aside and, and be like, no, this is the story. This is how it's servicing the story. Yeah. And with him as well, I made a necklace for him based on a ruin stone that I like, but um, I made it a little creepy, a little witchy, but I also, a lot of, I wanted something old as if he were ancient and, and timeless Mm-hmm. So that's the direction mm-hmm. I took for him instead. And I don't think you ever saw the necklace on camera and the pendant that I made for him, but you didn't need to. Right. You know, it was one of those things. Like if we did a sequel, it might mean something. <laughs> <laughs> then but it comes yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, it comes out. It's, it opens a, a door. Who knows? Um, yeah. <laughs> so when you were costuming the older characters, how did you – did you purposely contrast the younger teenagers and, like, the young men – of the town or you just kind of kept them more, more modern, more grounded because the older people were, were front and center. No, Eric, the character play, um, Eric, who ran the little center, mm-hmm. I, I just needed him to be plain. Okay. I, like mm-hmm. I actually worked with him on, um, I know his body really well and his style really well. And I know him also from the purge. He was a okay. character on the purge. Mm. So I wanted something different for him than who he was at they and right I, I always this is funny i always save the jeans and t-shirt look for i save it i don't like to lean on that ever and so i save it for a character where it makes the most sense mm-hmm. well, you'll notice in my films i never i don't do jeans and t-shirts i don't 
ever yeah. unless it's necessary. And he was that guy. Okay. And so mm-hmm. I chose that for him. And then the young guy, the teenager, I wanted to give him a little bit of an African flair. Um, I dressed, I wanted him, his father, his, who had died, you know, the, the son of the, yes. the mother, I wanted to sort of echo the father's style in his look. So his look, it, it leans towards 80s a little bit. They're like lots of stripes and cross mm-hmm. colors and hoodies, you know. So as though, so when the the young guy runs the center and the young kid are together, it's sort of his father and like they were friends when they were young. You know? Yeah, I so love that. Yeah. And I, I love when a piece, like an, a single item, has its own story and kind of its own little legacy. You know, when we're speaking to how can we propel the story through costume design, I feel like that's a major part of it is thinking about where has this piece been? Why would this person have it? Um, and building out its story. And probably for you, especially if you're, you know, one of your specialties is like aging and dying and that kind of stuff. Like that's also so much of giving an item character. Like one of my biggest pet peeves is when I'm watching something and in like a pair of shoes is very clearly new and i know the character like isn't supposed to have just like shoes that they bought that day it's like makes my skin crawl <laughs> it's the, the aging and dying process is actually super super important to costume design and i think that that is um an aspect that is a little overlooked because it can seriously change a piece you can even change a vintage piece even if the piece already has character you know, like maybe yeah. they still have a mustard stain on their shirt from yesterday, you know, like right. it could be anything and it's kind of a wide world. Is that, do you find that you lean on that a lot in your process as far as making pieces and costumes feel personal to its story? I do. I, it's very important to me that they do. In fact, when I do a show where I don't age the pieces, it's not necessary. It feels weird. There's a whole town in The Walking Dead called Alexandria. Oh, I hated it. I could, <laughs> I could not. I was like, this is weird. Um, they were all clean the entire time. Too clean. clean. And I was like, this is not the same show. Like, come on. <laughs> it's too much. It doesn't look like the apocalypse anymore. It's stupid. Then they right. all got killed and I was much happier. <laughs> blood on all of that stuff made me so much happy made so much more sense um (laughs) yeah i i miss it when things are not aged even just a little worn you know i think it's important yeah absolutely looks better it feels better it reads better on camera Mm -hmm. it makes more sense in the world like actual clothing right unless it's you know the devil wears prada then we understand but yeah, when it's just real people living their real lives, mm-hmm. it, it distracts when yeah. they're not aged. Especially yeah, shoes. especially and white shoes and white and shirts. <laughs> you don't see the shoes. I see everything. Just I see it all. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all there. We're watching. <laughs> um, for yeah. for our audience that maybe doesn't know what the aging and dying process consists of, can you clue us in a little bit on? kind of the aspects of that. Um, not the technical how I do it bit or what it looks like and means. Um, a little bit of both. Yeah. Oh. Like, okay. So when I do a fitting, everything's brand new because things that we don't use traditionally go back and things that we use, we buy four or five of 
for the duration mm-hmm. of the show, you know? So once we have all the pieces together, we wash everything. Part of the reason we wash it is because we want it to look natural and organic and for the movement on camera. But another part of why we wash it is because it will be washed on the show if we're shooting for a month and we don't want things to shrink because that mm-hmm. would be bad or, or pill or change color or whatever it is. So we wash it. Now, if you want it to look a little older, we use products like TSP or Borax to take it a little further and make it look like it's been used. And if you want it to go even further than that, we sand it before we wash it and then use TSP and Borax to make it look even more used. Um, sometimes you wash it with all of those products and then you wash it again and then you dye it just a little bit so that it has a bit of a hint of dirt or fading. Sometimes we bleach it. And this process continues and continues depending on the mm-hmm. piece of the fabric and the nature of the show. Um, if you're doing zombies, prepare to do that for a, at least a day. If you're yes. doing zombies, <laughs> you do that and then you add blood. Um, and if you're doing a Western, you do that and then you add so much sweat, it's you can smell it you know, <laughs> sweat, but you can still smell it and so forth and so on. For Bingo Hell, we, I did, oh, I did a lot of aging and um, I designed some products that I use that I spray. So it has an airbrush effect, um, which works on the polyester because you know, those seventies and sixties shirts mm-hmm. on my ass, you can wash that. It's like plastic Yeah, you can wash that for five days. If you want, nothing's going to happen to it. So I actually had to paint those pieces wow. by hand and spray them with a sort of an acrylic watered down spray thing that I've created. A lot of people create products in the film industry. Um, at least when I started, products were created to come out of clothing. Mm-hmm. So you could use it and then wash it and it comes out. Yay. But right. the shows I do, I need it to stay in. If it came out in the wash, I would be devastated. So, oh my gosh. Continuity <laughs> nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I've designed products for myself over the years that stay in. They stay in through sweat and water and wash. That's amazing. Yeah. So did yeah. you go to university for formal like sewing training or design training or did you just kind of jump in? No, I studied um, accounting. Which, oh my gosh. <laughs> which actually has helped me a lot in the business because I think right. you have to have a business brain to be you a costume do. designer. You really do. You have a budget. Yeah. You have you have so much organizing to do in a day. I'm inundated with questions and opportunities to solve problems, you know, in a day. That's that's mostly what I do. We're already shooting the show I'm on now. So I'm not designing anything at the moment, but I'm still problem solving all day right. and doing budgets and whatever. Um but no, my grandmother, the one who passed away that I told you about, she um, she is a seamstress. And oh, wow. she taught me everything I know. And I would still call her up until she passed away to ask questions. I was doing a beaded gown and she was like, you use shorter, you use shorter uh, thread when you're mm-hmm. sewing beads. Because mm-hmm. if it comes out and it just runs, you know, she was just brilliant. Yeah. She made my mom's wedding dress, my first communion gown. Um, our, every single piece of clothing that was important growing up and she was extremely talented I always say if she grew up in a different place in a different time she could have been Carolina Herrera or someone yeah famous. but she grew up um, a child of her great-grandparents were enslaved in Africa and she um, grew up in Cape in South Africa during apartheid and yeah 
Wow. Um, and it's just so really beautiful pieces for rich people and um, have a factory. My I grew up in my grandparents' factory. Um, so there were lots of machines and the smell of a singer machine with the oil. Oh, goodness, yeah. Sound. I still adore that to this day. And, you know, for me growing up, I, I was sort of steered away from doing anything with design or clothing or any of that because women of color from where I'm from, which is me, um, mixed race people are traditionally, they work in factories and, you know, fishermen and these sort of blue collar work. And my mom was like, no, you need to become a doctor, a lawyer, something else mm. um, other than that. Because she watched her mother struggle, you know, trying to make ends meet, sewing. Right. Um, but my mom finally has watched Bingo Hell and a few other movies. And so now she understands that I have a real job. <laughs> it's like, oh. I'm proud of you. Aww. Like, Duh, mom. It's a real job. Like, <laughs> That's and so people, funny. People like it, okay. Um, but yeah, so um, anyway, I think I just went off on a tangent there. But I'm um, a little bit about my backstory and, and why I didn't pursue it. Um, I just, I, I guess a part of me didn't think that I could do it, you know, yeah. as a teenager. But once I got into it, it, it's the most natural that I've ever felt doing anything um, ever. You know, yeah. we just um, we just had a baby. She's three months old. Aww, Congratulations. Congrats. Thank you. She's so cute. Um, <laughs> but even then, I'm, I was on a show, shooting a show, and they were like, oh, you're probably going to want to take some time off, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, why? Like, I'm <laughs> why, having fun. <laughs> why, would I do, why would I do that? I don't understand. And they're like, oh, no, you you because you're going to have a baby. You probably just want to be home. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, I love what I do. You don't understand. Like, I love it. There's no pay. I I feel so grateful and so blessed. I Mm -hmm. remind myself. It's invigorating. I love it. I remind myself often, you know, on the days when I'm exhausted or working nights, um, how much I like, no, you love this. This is great. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Because we get paid really to do something that's so fun. Mm-hmm. So, so fun. Yeah. It is such a visceral job. And like you mentioned, like, there is a lot of managerial aspects of it um especially when you're the head of a department um and especially as you know a budget grows the the questions that you get asked and the people you have to manage and it's you know 90 percent organizing 10 percent you know getting to explore our creativity maybe 20 percent on a good day um but there is so much organizing and oh my gosh untangling hangers that you know you don't see (laughs) i don't think people understand or realize that even we deal with stunts. Yes, oh, yeah. You know, we deal with stunts. When I'm reading a script and I see that somebody, you know, falls off a building or gets set on fire, I'm already thinking about, okay, well, that needs to be fireproof. I'll need four of those for squibs if he's getting shot. I right. need this, I need that. He'll need padding, blah, blah, blah. Like there's so much that we think about and so many people that we communicate with in mm-hmm. order to keep things safe and on time. And, you know, all of those things. So, so yeah, it's a lot that we, more than we do than just, you know, oh, that's so cute. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I yeah. It's, it's so much more. I think that yeah. it's misunderstood what we really do. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's why we created the podcast, honestly, mm-hmm. because there's so many people that just think it's shopping. And I'm like, it is so much more than shopping. Yes, we shop. 
And it's but, fun. It's fun. <laughs> but, it's so much more than that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not fun, though. No, oh, sometimes it's very stressful. Especially when you're shopping and you can't get a hold of somebody and, you ha- and you're, like, calling them six times and you're like, what do I need? Or they're like, oh, oh, I love that dress. It's perfect. But does it come in blue? And you're like, right. no, it, do- yeah. no, it, it does not come in blue. I guess I could paint each bead blue tonight. Right. For tomorrow morning. Right. It's like we we don't um, ever say no, right? Yeah, yeah. There's always room for for movement and there's always, you know, a costume emergency or something that you have to think super quick for and you have to have the ability to adapt. Or if you don't have the ability to adapt, you have to find it within you. (laughs) And I mean, especially, you know, like you mentioned, with stunts and anything with action, which, you know, horror and other surrounding genres are going to have action not to mention the amount of doubles that you have to keep track of i can't even imagine how many doubles you had to have for the walking dead or for continuity with blood and oh my goodness it had goop and blood and yeah and with the with bingo hell also um i mean consider this as well we talk about budgets i instead of say i have a hundred dollars and that's just a i'm pulling that number out of the air but you have a hundred dollars for a costume so now they need doubles. You have 50, you know, mm-hmm. right. you have to, you sacrifice, you make things work. I had such a beautiful outfit for one of my characters for the end sequence of bingo. And then we needed three. So I had, mm. and it was vintage. You, oh, you know, everything on that show was vintage. Yeah. I had to oh. create vintage looking pieces and buy fabric. And wow, you know, cause we needed more than one. You don't find doubles and multiples in vintage stores. Yeah. No, that it's, huge it's so hard. I, um, I also recently, and one of my favorite things to do is when I'm designing work with vintage pieces, but when you're doing horror and you want to work with vintage pieces, it, it's kind of like this, it comes to a head because it, it, it cancels each other out a little bit Um, and you want to have a good mix, but then it's like, you know, you need a double and there's options of like, do I have the time to like (laughs) make a version of this or do I need to just, you know, buy something that is modern, that looks vintage, then, you know, make it look more, you know, aged and, you know, there's so many different ways to do it, but a lot of it is balancing timelines and budget. Um, because we can have an amazing idea and even if a director loves our amazing idea if we need three of that thing then who knows if we can actually achieve it Um, that's kind of the hardest part is not having you know an unlimited budget to just (laughs) do whatever you want with and actually achieve everyone's you know meet everyone's needs right yeah time and that's another reason why I cannot even believe that I was nominated alongside some of these huge shows um Bingo was very small. Yeah. So our budget was very, very limited. So I made everything because I, I knew what I wanted it to look like. And I really wanted Gigi to get what she wanted. I made a lot of what you saw. Um, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it shows. The work was there and it, and oh, it absolutely. absolutely shows. So I, I, I can see why you were nominated. <laughs> Low budget really just means to me anyway that I work a little harder. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just because you have to work a little hard and be more creative right. to achieve the look. Mm-hmm. Because you can't afford to go and buy it. Exactly. <laughs> right? and, multiple. Yeah. and honestly, I got that from South Africa because that's where my career started. And mm. back in the day, 
they, they we didn't have fancy designer stores at all. So when people came over and they asked us, they would come up with tear sheets, you know, from magazines that they found on the plane or whatever, like this Gucci dress or this, um, we would make it. It's wow. okay. And we would just make it. My grandma would help me a lot too. Um, so yeah, so we had to learn to be more creative. You know? Yeah. And and these are not unlike that. These films are not unlike that. Um, yeah. I don't mind them. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is the difference for you, whether it's a technical difference just in how the productions run or whether it's just a difference in your own process um, when you're costuming something like a horror film or a TV show versus something more like a commercial or something that's more, you know, like we talked about earlier, like just clean and sort of right. more cookie cutter. Rom-com, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Well, commercials are so short. You have to make a big impact very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so the costume really needs to speak. And a lot of times people turn the sound off, don't they, when they watch commercials? <laughs> yeah. Right? the costume. So you really have to work on that costume, make it very clear. Um, depending on what you're doing, of course, one of the biggest commercials I've done <laughs> was a Super Bowl commercial but it was for The Walking Dead, but for direct TV. So it was this housewife cleaning dishes, cleaning the house. But if you can imagine, she's sweeping, but it's body parts. She's doing the dishes. <laughs> it's nice. I love it. In the trash out, but there's zombie legs sticking out, you know. That's so funny. Um, so that was fun. It was really fun because she, I, obviously I put her in a very simple, sensible outfit. <laughs> Everything else is trash and bloody. So... Yeah, I think even if you weren't, if you had the sound off, you'd have known what was going on, just the juxtaposition of the colors. And that's, I think, a thing with commercials. If you wanted to jump out at people, colors are much brighter mm-hmm. and not like aging, you know, just nice, quick music videos, bright, shiny, interesting. You know, it's all different. It's, again, honoring the story, no matter what that story is. Right. Mm-hmm. I just did a short recently, which I love doing. I love taking on at least once a year, I do a short for a student or, you know, someone Mm -hmm. who needs help. And I kind of give them a real experience of what costume designing is. That's awesome. And and I did one of those recently, which was with little kids. And it was really cute. Oh. (laughs) The colors and texture for little kids is completely different. Yes. You know? So it's just a lot of fun using things like plastic and jewelry. It's different for children. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. Jewelry is another thing. I'm sure we could have a whole podcast just talking about jewelry. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. But isn't it so important? So it important. is. And scary to lose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, isn't it, we watch about doubles, right? Yes. Yeah. Always. Just, I lose my jewelry all the time, like an earring or something. So um, it just happens. Yeah, I guess that's that's the organizational aspect too of being like, like this, you know, hanging organizer or this big box is has the jewelry in it and it stays in this very specific spot. Yeah, everything um, is labeled. I always say that if you walk into oh, a yeah. office, I don't care what the label says. Just labeled. It best be a label. <laughs> it could even say a bunch of crap. I don't know what this is. I don't. <laughs> I don't care what the label says, but if if. Anybody should be able to walk onto a costume truck or into a costume office and find anything. Right. Mm-hmm. It should be very simple. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we always strive to keep it that organized. It doesn't always work. <laughs> but <laughs> nothing, you know? 
We try. We yes. Do, yeah. When you look at your repertoire of costume design, is there anything in particular that sticks out to you that was either like a really great experience getting to design or just pieces that you really loved or, or, or you know, developed in a certain way and, and you're just like, oh, that's that's very me. Gosh, I put a little bit of myself into everything that I do. Yeah, mm -hmm. I really do. And I can do lots of different things, I've realized. <laughs> Um, I think there's a movie that's actually not in the horror genre, which I did after The Walking Dead on purpose. I wanted to do something else. Um, and I hand beaded the gown in the movie. It's called Forever My Girl. Mm -hmm. I hand beaded the gown for three months. Well, like, I think it was a month. Wow. Um, absolutely beautiful. It was pink and it was shot uh, during a sunset. Oh, just was incredible. I, oh. think I was like, uh, like jaw dropped. Um, oh my goodness. And then in a movie, a horror film I did recently, I had to design for a ghost. And I took my opportunity to really do a beautiful Mexican ghost dress. And it's probably I, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever created. I love it. Um, it's just gorgeous. It's If you can imagine what a Mexican skirt, you know, the different yeah. levels of tears. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I've got so many of them and they at the train goes out till forever wow. oh wow i told the director i was like you can just put her in this you don't even need special effects like you could just like put a fan <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's it you're good there you go it uh. was just it was lovely to make that i enjoyed the culture a lot um deep i did a deep dive into the research which is another big part of what we do the research is so important and yeah so that's the job right I always say to you know somebody asked me recently in an interview well have you done blah 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 whatever before and I said no but I also have never been in the apocalypse or mm -hmm. to Morocco in the 20s right. like my research is is really good and I will make sure that I know my facts or I will tell you I don't know and find out when we're working together I you know it's it's very important to be confident, people, they're going to lean on you as the expert. Right. Right. So you have to know why they're wearing the thing they're wearing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, not as much when we do contemporary. Everybody has an opinion. It's clothing. We all wear clothing. But when it comes to those very specific places in time and, and space, like we, sh we need to know what we're talking about, you know? And, and so research is, I mean, half the battle won, I think. Yeah. Right? History oh, and yeah. culture inform everything about why we wear what we wear in real life and even just the legacy of, um, you know, just film history in general and how uh, tropes have developed and how so much of those tropes are what people wear and how we can think of like one piece and be like, oh yeah, that character is that kind of person. Um, but also just being able to know culturally what was going on in the world um, okay. of this character. Um, and before this character and what led to the story even existing informs so much of what they wear and really why it's such an important storytelling piece, tool, right. really. Yeah. I just did an, an Indian film, too, in the horror genre. So what was so interesting is I did this string of eight films and they mm -hmm. were all about stories of people of color bringing the stories of people of color and marginalized communities into the horror genre, which to me is very important. Absolutely. The projects, right? Bingo was one of them. Yeah, and that's awesome. It was so cool. Um, and one of the movies was an Indian film. And they said, 
I was actually going to ask you about that film too because oh it was amazing. Oh, you liked it? Oh my god! I loved it. Thank you. Um, they said there was going to be a wedding, and I was like, "Where do I sign?" sign. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wedding, yeah. Oh my gosh! But I learned so much more. I thought I already knew because I'd done a few Indian pieces in South Africa before. In South Africa, we actually have the largest community of Indian people outside of India. So wow. I worked oh, wow. there to. I did a commercial and I learned there from Indian aunties in their homes how to drape saris and everything. I've been very lucky in my career. And um, anyway, getting to do this film was just so fun and learning more, even more than I thought I knew. And you couldn't possibly know every single thing. Um, talk about research. By the end of it, I knew so much. And yeah. different fabrics mean different things. Different tribes, cultures within India have different patterns on the sari. So now I know this and I can tell them tell it the fabrics apart. It's, mm -hmm. it's just absolutely incredible. And different colors, like for themes of an Indian wedding, they might do pastel. So then all the guests wear pastels. Hmm. and everybody things like that it was so beautiful to discover even more about this culture and I mean those fabrics are to die for they're amazing yeah and mm -hmm. just little things like um when the ladies wear the bangles you know how mm -hmm. they're different colors like you'll find all those like they'll be pink and blue and whatever mm -hmm. so they sit in different rows like they'll be in stacks of three or four so it'll be mm -hmm. they don't all mix together you know, which oh. I wouldn't have known if I didn't really, like, do the research. Right. Yeah, they'd make stripes out of them. So it would be pink, gold, pink, wow. gold, blue, da, 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 And they match on each arm. Oh, that's so oh, cool. Beautiful. And what an, a, a culture full of such beautiful, yeah. explosive color. Yeah. And it's so fascinating to have the opportunity to learn something like that. And then, you know, beyond just the history behind it, then being able to apply it in what you know, it's a theatrical sense, but feels like a real world sense of yeah. being able to kind of take what you've learned and play with it and also be authentic in the story that you're telling. I think it's so important and it's so exciting that there are genre films that are pushing marginalized people and people of color to the forefront and being able to tell their stories through costume and propel that further um, it's really such a beautiful thing, like a really beautiful marriage of creativity and um, storytelling. And so that's so exciting and fascinating. It's always so fun to learn something new like that, that you really wouldn't have otherwise learned had you not had the prompts to dig further into the right. intricacies of it. And then what you learn ultimately is that we're all really not very different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all very similar, ultimately. Mm -hmm. the, the story is about a mom and a daughter. That's what the story is about. Yeah. Um, I'm thrilled that I got to dress them all up in beautiful Indian clothing. But the stories are so similar, all of our stories, you know, yeah. similarities across the yeah. cultures. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. It was fun. So I just kind of want to ask you too about like costuming on a larger scale when you have lots of extras, lots of. Yeah. Um, favorite characters yeah like I watched Hellfest and oh, yes. I was, yes I was watching the, the you know our, our six main characters walk through this 
um, <laughs> carnival. And I was like, damn, you so many people work. <laughs> yeah, there was just everybody was everywhere. How do you tackle a film like that when there's so many background people? Oh my God. I, so dressing background is my favorite thing to do. My absolute favorite thing to do because I feel like it creates the vibe. Right. You it know, does. It sets the tone it, for sure. It does. And I get, you know, so, okay, so this is a little selfish, but they don't fight me on what they're going to weigh. So <laughs> right. we get to come up with your creativity. Right. That's what yeah. actually, they, a lot of times when I've tried the fancy big, big, big things on the main actors and they won't wear it, it goes in the background. You know, and That's then awesome. they will wear it. And so, oh my gosh, that film was so much fun. I created different levels of color for each area and different scares. Um, yeah, there were so many scare zones that I was like, wow. Like, they're, and they're so different from each other. And yeah. it, but they all, and they worked and it was yes. so well done. <laughs> Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, they also let me be so creative. They just let me go. They were like, go. There you go. And the my initial idea there was to have it at like an old timey carnival circus vibe, mm-hmm. and, and that's what we did. It was just, yeah, it was just great. We just bought tons of fabric and feathers and beads and things, and just, every day we would play. I would just we just all would make so many costumes every day. We actually wow. had too many. Can you believe? We, <laughs> we didn't have oh enough goodness. costumes. Oh my gosh! Wow. So many. It was so much fun. That does sound like a blast. And it's the cool thing about background is that they're almost a part of, I mean, they're a massive part of really the color palette at large Mm -hmm. and it helps propel, you know, who's at the forefront and you can really use them as support, not only for costume design, but also production design. Yeah. They're, you know, I mean, obviously they are people not to say that they are props, but right, but they come, they become color wise. Yeah. yeah. Cause then regionally you're like, Oh, okay. Well, where is this story? Is it up North? Because are they wearing coats or, and each yeah. region, especially in America too, that each region is so specific to their own quote unquote uniform in a way yeah. that it, it really informs like where these characters are living and, and who the people that they interact with are the people that are out and about in their own space. So Yeah. And it shows that they're the costumes are speaking, you know? Right. That that's kind of the the proof of it all really is that when you look at something with a ton of background, the background characters don't have lines and yeah. yet it's still informing the story in an so important cold. way. Guys, it was so cold. Oh gosh. That. It was, was it freezing cold and all nights? Yes, oh, I saw no. that. The, the first thing oh, I saw was, oh my gosh, they did all overnights for this movie. I feel so bad. It was an old- Cold and tired. So it was an old, not the Six Flags that has water. Oh, um, okay. So it was like a water park. I'm an immigrant. I don't know what that's called. A water um, park. <laughs> that's it. And it was, it was winter, so we had access. But right. that's what it was. It was this huge- Talk about scary. Oh my wow. gosh. That does and sound just crazy. actually real life scary. Yeah. <laughs> Just not even the people, just the place. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, and the walk from the truck to sit sometimes. I was just like, oh my gosh, where's everyone? Because the pools were empty. Right. Yeah, it was really creepy. That is really creepy. Like you could fall into a death trap at any moment just walking to set. (laughs) Absolutely, in the dark. Right. Oh my gosh. Um, But it was, yeah, so I had the best time. There were times when Gregory was the director would come up with a new idea, you know, and we need it by tomorrow. But again, challenge accepted, right? That's what we yeah. say. No problem. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh my gosh, so my crew and I, um, three of us, we dressed in the costumes and walked around with masks on every new. 
I love that. <laughs> you just kind of walked around on stage. Oh, My favorite were the three with the um, the sacks on their heads yes. that like came out of the water to like grab their hands. It was so eerie. It was like a little bit like the kids from The Shining. I was like, yes, oh. <laughs> yes, I made those. I made those sacks. That's, that's amazing. Um, the, those were fun to make. I learned a lot from the special effects person on that job. Mm -hmm. um, we're still friends to this day. He He's so talented. He's also a Walking Dead um, person, part mm -hmm. of that family, but so talented. And we work very closely together. And I think you can tell. I think the costumes are very complete. Like the looks are very complete, especially of the clowns. Um, yes. Yeah. And then those, he taught me to. So when you do those masks, that he has a it's a tip for everyone. Try it. When you do <laughs> those masks, the the little pillow or um, the sackcloth, mm -hmm. um, you put it on a face that, and mold it with um, silicone. So you get the features. Oh, okay. So you can cut oh. little, mold it with silicone and you can make whatever face you want. It will dry in a face. That's wow. so, so cool. Are they able to see out of it too? Or, or you, you make the holes. You would be telling you me decide okay. where you want the holes, you know, okay. and you can put thread over it or whatever. Oh, yeah. Okay. But it's such a good, cheap trick. Yeah. When you need yeah. scare and such a, such a accessible fabric. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, I love it. It's a good trick. I think everyone should try it. <laughs> Especially with horror, I think that the collaboration between special effects and yeah. wardrobe is really important and also almost always is going to inform each other oh 100%. Um, and also kind of can take your aging and dying process further with techniques yeah. that we might not typically use that special yeah. effects uses all the time yeah yeah i just finished a film where like a lot of the relationship on set was me and the special effects guys like rigging blood ringing like you know all this other stuff to to through the costuming to create it all so yeah mm -hmm. you have and i learned a lot yeah you do you learn from each other yeah and be open to working together because it has to mm -hmm. it has to work together you know i also find since we're touching on other departments props yes. i do a lot of it myself um with with obviously regard with their feeling taking their feelings into regard or I ask them if it's okay, but I think things like handbags, sometimes watches and rings, you know, I don't mind doing all of that as well. I prefer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's already in my mind when I'm shopping. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just charge it to them though. See my accounting brain. I mean, <laughs> them. Yes. But I don't mind shopping. It's their budget, but yeah. <laughs> you will get it for them. <laughs> I mean, that's so true. I mean, those would be things that are in, you know, someone's world. Like I just did a film where I had a close relationship with the production designer and we were, you know, setting up this bedroom and I brought a plethora of scarves and like a bunch of garments that would be in this person's closet and it brought the room together and we were both able to just be kind of like, do your thing. And it worked out really great. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier, we have to be in communication with so many people um and of course i think that's normal for a, a film set in general but i would say particularly with costume design you're kind of the point person for a lot of things but also to be able to do your job you have to talk to a yeah. lot of different people and kind of sidebar with every department every actor yeah. you know right. you have so many opinions about different things and so you have to kind of come to the table with your vision and then like options for other people's visions and find that 
happy medium, but it can be it can be pretty hard. I don't know what challenge. I mean, I'm sure there's there's so many <laughs> challenges that one can face that we have to kind of problem solve. But what do you feel is the hardest part of costume designing in general? Um, whether it's you know the process um, logistically or creatively that you find, and how do you? Um, navigate it. I think sometimes timing Mm -hmm. is a challenge. Uh, They're often expecting a lot in a very short amount of time. I am one who doesn't know when to turn off work mode. So that's my challenge. I will lie in bed on my phone and research until I fall asleep. And so the challenge is just sort of you know, making time for work and time for home. Um, but that's a personal challenge. And then I think the biggest thing for me is just not, be, ugh, this sounds so weak, but putting my ego aside sometimes when I really feel like I nailed it and somebody doesn't like it, I'm like, oh, why don't you like it? You know? <laughs> yeah, um, completely. You know, right. And yeah. if I feel like I didn't get it right, then that kind of messes with me a little bit. But I think when you get into, when you find yourself in that position, just ask questions. Just ask, say to the director, but um, how do you see it? You know, because I saw it like this. Because right. if you if you seeing it very differently from what the director, the actor is seeing it, the way that they are seeing it rather, then there's a miscommunication. We mm. should be fully informed at all times of, you know, or there was a change that nobody told you about. And that's okay right. too. Mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah, I don't always enjoy when that happens because I, once something is approved, I move full steam ahead. Yeah. You know, this is what we're doing. This is the guy. This is what he eats. This is how he likes to dress. This is where he shops. This is where he lives. His couch is green. <laughs> and then, you know, oh, his couch is red and his jacket is red too. Okay. You're well, like, oh. <laughs> You know, so now I have to go reshop and rework, and that's not always my, not always the funnest thing. Right? To do. Yeah, so, it's that reworking. That, yeah. Other than that, though, I I just take it all as a challenge. I love to problem solve, um, come up with new ideas. We are doing a movie where somebody has to look wet, mm. and it's too mm. cold. It's literally freezing, and um. So we've had to come up with different ideas to put on the costume to make it look wet, but she's not actually wet, stuff like that. So I love playing with products and coming up with new ideas. And I love sharing information. Um, If anybody needs advice on pregnant bellies, I'm here for you. (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, there is no school real. I mean, there are schools now. There are film schools, right? There are film schools and there are fashion schools, but there are no schools that really teach you how it is on set. Right. Right. When you are in that moment and you have to quickly figure something out. And so I think it's important that we share information with one another. It just empowers all of us, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's yeah. It's the only way to learn. And if we can make each other better, our craft will be taken seriously again. You know, yes, absolutely. I do feel like sometimes we are overlooked. I feel like sometimes we it's just expected, you know, and then we're blamed. It's just a weird space to be in sometimes in Mm -hmm. costumes. Um, Yeah. So anyway, so, yeah, I just wish we could just share more information with one another. And um, yeah, like this, like we're doing now, I think what you guys are what you're doing is fantastic. Thank you. 
Thank yeah. you. I I love that. Emma and I never yeah. want to be gatekeepers, and we've come up no. against a few gatekeepers in our career, and we just never want to be like that because no, it doesn't it doesn't help anybody. So no. Yeah. How will you learn, really? I mean, exactly that. What you said is completely on the nose. I've learned, you know, so much more just by getting out and and doing it. You know, even on the lowest of lows budgets, I've learned more than I've learned in just, you know, what you can really research online. And yeah. it's the experience of having to problem solve. Yeah. And then also asking and speaking to and working with people um, who have come across those problems to solve that can then give you the tips and tricks um, that yeah. you would have never even heard of. And it could save um, you like 50 hours, you know, like yeah. it could save you so much time because you're not beating your head against the wall going, oh my goodness, I can't figure out where to get this information or I can't make yeah. this one bead work or something, you know, like it's, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the the adapting can be so difficult. One of the first larger budget films that I worked on, I was working as um, a wardrobe assistant and the costume designer had spent so many hours, like two days beating the back of this blazer for, for like so long, just in our trailer beating and then we get to set and it's like an amazing look and it was approved, except as soon as they brought it to set, they're like, actually, we're actually going to not use that at all. Oh, oh, and yeah. I was just like, oh, seeing that happen hurt. But that's like the reality of it. Like that mm -hmm. happens all the time. The small changes yeah. and having to like think fast and mm -hmm. maintain the vision um, in the story or, you know, something goes awry with a piece like being able to make quick fixes or have someone on your team that's on standby you know to be making those quick fixes um yeah. it's just something you would have never thought about you know as much as you can learn about you know costume design and, and theory and take like seamstressing classes and you really don't get the unique experience of actually being on set what pre-production looks like you know right. um yeah. Right. And honestly, you learn in the film business from making mistakes. Yeah. 100%. And getting yelled at and feeling crappy. And I try to save my people from that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah, just learning on the job training and, and teaching. I enjoy it very much. And again, I just think if we can help one another, we'll be better. Yeah. yeah, I had a costume designer who I we we don't know each other very well, but and he's actually really well known now. And he just called me. He was like, you know, I know you're the Walking Dead person, um, and I'm doing zombies, and I just don't even know what to do. Like, <laughs> you gotta call the zombie person. <laughs> yeah. Do you? I was like, well, I could teach you, or I could just. Do you want me to just make some stuff for you? And he was like, oh my god, you would do that? And it's like, yeah, I would do that. That's awesome. I would do that. I mean, I'm going to charge you, but right, you know, we can help each other that in our in our business sometime instead yeah. of this, um, you know, this like secret secret. I know these things, and because yeah. that's not what makes me good. I mean, yeah, it does make me good, but also, I'm what makes me good. Right, mm -hmm. my mind, my creativity. Like everybody, everybody can buy paint, but they can't do what I can do with it. You know. Right. It's yeah. Just, so we need to be less afraid of sharing information. And, yeah. And be more of a community of artists who help each other. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what it's about. And 
you know, we we're all creative and we want to, you know, I love being reminded of why I love yeah. doing the things I do and why I love filmmaking. And it can be hard when it feels like, you know, there are kind of rigid industry rules and that feel that they are, you know, untouchable, but really it's the sharing and the going through the experiences together and helping each other through that and not gatekeeping that creates yeah. a thriving and equitable industry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And especially as women, just knowing that there's will always be seats at the table. And if mm -hmm. there's no room, we're going to move over and we're going to pull up a chair for you. because this Right. Is there's like, not room for just one of us. Exactly. <laughs> and it takes more than one person to make a movie anyway. So yeah. unless you want to yeah. do a, a one person show and film it by yourself in your bedroom. But <laughs> <there's not laughs> yeah. <that>. right. Yeah. <laughs> <And> TikTok. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what advice would you give to someone who is trying to break into the industry as a costume designer and doesn't know where to start? It is so difficult to get started. It really is. But you have to reach out and be prepared to start at the bottom. Those little emails that I get from time to time, I actually do save the people's information. And I do call if I have openings. And reminding people, I don't think it's annoying. Don't be shy. Just keep sending them. Don't, I mean, don't be ridiculous, like send 20 a day, but do remind people that you're available because it, it might just be the day that they are looking for someone. So I really yeah. don't mind those resumes coming across my desk or people reaching out of my website. I don't mind it at all. If I can help, I will. And if I need somebody and you are suitable, you never know. Keep taking the chances. And then I absolutely encourage people to do these little films with their friends and shorts and just get in there and learn. See if you see what you can bring to the table. A lot of times short films as well become, they get the funding to become big films. Mm -hmm. You know, just practice with, with other people. Find like-minded individuals. And even if you're a PA on a film, and you meet the camera crew and other PAs who are in, interested in making films, make films with them. Just do it. Start somewhere. Do photo shoots. Do anything. Make your own Mardi Gras costume. Make Halloween costumes for your friends. Make your parents wear them. Just <laughs> And now with social media, oh, my gosh, you can put your stuff on Instagram. You know? Totally. Keep creating. Yeah. If it's meant to be, it will be. And just keep trying. Don't give up. There's a place, it's like we said, there's a place for everyone. You just never know when it's your turn, when somebody's going to like what you have to offer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And it could be, you know, it's the next day. If you feel like giving up today, it could be, you know, right yeah. around the corner and you have no idea. It is difficult, though. It's not easy to get started. I mean, I had to start and work for free. And even now, you it's know. It's hard. It is hard. And even now I've got a 20 something year career, but this job ends in a month. And then I'm like, okay, well, somebody, you know, where's my next job kind right. of thing. So, and I mean, I've absolutely seen films where I feel like, wow, I could have, I wish I could have done that. Or, you know, so we all have those moments where you've been doing it like I have forever or you just started, you just have to keep going and remember who you are, be confident. Remember that th what you bring to the table is your gift and nobody can be you. And that's, that's it. That's enough. Yeah. yeah. You what somebody else is doing, you can't have what somebody else has. But mm -hmm. you can have what you have and you can be you. Do Absolutely. You do, and that's valuable. It's so yes. valuable. 
And I love to see it. And then, of course, my biggest thing that I tell everyone always, be humble, for goodness sake. Mm -hmm. Come into the office. If you're a PA, be humble, learn. Be like a sponge. Just absorb everything until you figure out what it is that you like about being there. And if your job for the day is running and getting coffee for me, that's not the worst thing. I'm probably going to be a much nicer person afterwards, you know, which helps everyone. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And... Even in the, even in that, there's learning. Just be mm-hmm. humble. Yeah. There are people with egos in this business, and it doesn't get you that far. It really doesn't. It, you don't it doesn't. You know everything, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, it it gets you too far ahead of yourself. I think when we often, um, especially early from, on. Right. We get people from film school, no disrespect right. to film school, and coming in as PAs, and then mm-hmm. sort of getting frustrated. Yeah, because they thought they would be higher up or whatever, and you have to start somewhere. You still start at the bottom right. and work your way up. You'll learn. The and lessons you learn at the bottom yeah, are right. invaluable. Yeah, and pay attention to what everyone on set does. Yes, mm. not just your department. Pay attention to what other people do. It's so important. Like, what does locations do? You know, right? What is the role of an AD. Who do I talk to if I have a problem? Yeah. If the background are all late and no one showed up on the skins who was supposed to be there, who do I go to? Like you, you know, people always yeah. pick the low, like the lowest position in the costume department is is the person who does background, right? Like that's the, the it's sort of the entry level mm-hmm. position in costumes, which I think is funny because that's such an important position. Yeah, and it's hard too. <laughs> yeah, you need to know exactly who to talk to. You need to know where people need to be at any given time, what role they're playing. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. the BT costume doesn't even know the script. Like, they just got, like, hired for the day to come dress Right. Me. Right. So you, you have know? to be equipped with that information and, and knowing the lay of the land and the right. ecosystem yeah. will benefit you in so many ways. And who knows? It might lead you down different paths. I know so many people who started in wardrobe that ended up wanting to pursue production design, right. you know? And so that might even happen for you or yeah. that – you know, you'll just, like, Oh, I want to be in camera. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Literally right. anything. It's, it's, it's such a cool place to be in. And I always feel so lucky to be on a set, no matter what role I'm playing. Um, I we're filmmakers. I'm a yeah. costume designer. I'm a filmmaker. Yeah. You know? I am not fashion designing here. I have that gift, but I'm not, that's not why I'm here. I'm making films. So I like to know about what lenses are being used. Yeah. Lighting, such a massive impact on costumes too, but just to even know how the story is being told by other people who are, um, you know, your co-filmmakers per se, like it it informs your experience and it's also just so fascinating. So I have to ask, how does it feel to be nominated for a Chainsaw Award? Have you ever heard of them before this? Or I have, I <laughs> oh, have, you have. Okay. yeah. But I, I, it's the first year that costumes are even being considered. Yep. And I am beyond thrilled. <laughs> I am so honored. I really am. It's incredible, and for that film in particular, it's really special because it's very important to me, just for so many reasons. Um, we found out we were pregnant on that show. Um, Aww. Aww, that's cute. Grandmother, there were just so many reasons um, to yeah. celebrate already. 
and now this is just a big old cherry on the top and then <laughs> be nominated alongside such beautiful films yeah I watched one night in Soho oh my goodness or last night in Soho rather sorry oh, um, such a beautiful period so piece beautiful. I am yeah stunning so beautiful but please vote for me though <laughs> <laughs> like that was really pretty however <laughs> however I yeah. had a very small budget um, <laughs> and then what is so interesting is Neil McLean who's also nominated he was a mentor to me in Cape Town South Africa oh wow, oh, wow. First got into business. that's crazy him. um so wow, that's, that's awesome cool. Somebody I learned so much from. So yeah, it means a whole lot to me. I love it. Very exciting. Um, That's yay. awesome. Well, we have our fingers crossed for you. And- yes. <laughs> We're so excited to see costume design being yeah, recognized we- more and more yeah. each year. Absolutely. You know, that is it's so important to us, you know, in general when it comes to departments other than, you know, directors, producers, DPs, like showcasing other departments that are creating a piece of work uh, yeah. you know a piece of art together mm-hmm. um it's so important to us and uh we're, we're just really thrilled yeah. and excited that the conversation is you know continuing and we're getting to hear from you know more people more designers get to hear your voice and your experience that is so interesting and and unique and it's 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 exciting to be having conversations like this um yeah. just in general like at large not even us um, I'm, I'm happy that there is kind of a bit of a shift as far as um, hearing from the different perspectives uh, when it comes to film, because it takes a village to make something like that. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so many unique experiences and lessons to learn. And not just period costumes, too, because are, are, they've always kind of been part of the conversation, but yeah. having all costuming now being part of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Yulin. This has been yeah, so... Thank you. So fun and such an honor I to talk so to you. I learned so much from you. This oh my god! Yeah, with you. yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I love. I forgot we were recording. I thought we were just talking. <laughs> that's, how, that's how we feel. We just yeah. we're just we just like talking about this stuff. <laughs> fun to speak to costume designers about what we do. Aw, I love it. Likewise. Thank you well, so much. It means a whole lot that you two like my work. So, oh course. my goodness! You, yeah. If you ever want to come back, please come back. We'll talk about movies. Yes, <laughs> we can do our jewelry episode. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> an episode about jewelry. Yeah, um, I really could. It's, it's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yes, this has been such an honor, and we really hope we can chat with you more in the future. This has seriously been cool. so much fun. And um, thank you to everyone who tuned in. We hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as we did. Um, It has been such a blast. Yay. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, of course. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Podcast and on Twitter at DiePodcast. It's D-Y-E. And next time you go into your closet, remember that your pieces could also be to die for.